It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Just us today. I know a lot of you were fired up listening to Jeff Hobson have different opinions from James and myself on yesterday's show We'll have time to talk about what Hobson had to say. I know a lot of you were frustrated. That's okay. People are allowed to have different opinions. I'm glad that I got a chance to talk to Hobson about the cap personally. And James, on that note, the salary cap was set today. We also had a a press conference from Zach Taylor in which Zach Taylor said exceedingly little to nothing. And there are a bunch of guys that are getting released. And we're going to talk about some of those fits for the Bengals. But let's start with Zach Taylor's presser. Could you say any less, Zach? I mean, really? There were some okay questions in this press conference. James, I thought you asked a pretty good one, maybe a couple of pretty good ones. And I mean, I was live tweeting it. I was live tweeting Duke Tobin's presser a couple days ago too. And with Tobin, at least there was, you know, there were lines to read between. With Taylor, did we get anything that wasn't just a platitude? Not really. I mean, so I guess the one thing he reiterated that they want to maintain flexibility. And so you assume that that means that flexibility is going to go towards a bunch of veterans and free agency, right? Especially since they didn't tag Lawson or or Jackson. So that part of it, we kind of knew, you know, yesterday and we certainly are on Tuesday rather. And we certainly knew on Monday when Tobin talked. So that wasn't new. Joe Mixon being fully healthy. Was was a good update. I didn't, I didn't think otherwise. I guess, but I guess it's good to confirm that, and I'm glad he did. But yeah, Taylor didn't really want to give us any insight on Joe Burrow. He didn't want to say, "Oh yeah, Joe's running on the, you know, the anti gravity treadmill." Didn't say that. Didn't say he's throwing. Wouldn't say any particulars at all. Look, I I, uh, I get it, and maybe he's just so damn dialed into free agency and so focused on recruiting some of the, the their free agent targets that he didn't want to reveal anything, but who knows? But uh, I, I agree with you. There wasn't much to this news conference outside of the the really tiny little updates, mixing healthy Burrow on track. And, and I think I'm right about the the quotes there. He called, he called mixing healthy or he's doing well and, and, and said that Burrow was on track. Outside of that, not much to pull from, not much to, to really take away. He also said Trey Hopkins is on track for whatever that's worth. He said that he's doing well and he's being positive. But I mean, what, what, what does any of that mean? And I get that you can't comment on, on timelines for recovery. It's hard to predict, especially early on in ACL recovery. And he's not going to go up there and say, we think we're going to have Trey back. But he said that Trey Hopkins was on schedule. That's what my 
That's what my tweet during in my, in my live tweet set uh, thread says. You know, he was even asked like, "What do you think about the Ravens spot and choose overtime proposal?" And he said something to the effect of, "He needs to look at it more. He hasn't spent enough time reading it, and you know, he likes creative ideas." He was also asked about uh, the the coaching hire change, and he said, "I don't have a very strong opinion about that, so I'm not going to comment on it." So, I mean, I I can't recall such a, a dull press conference. I mean, it was 20 minutes of him really just kind of saying nothing. You asked him about, you know, scheme fit in free agency and evaluating how players fit what he's trying to do in Cincinnati. And he gives a generic answer of, you know, yeah, we look at guys to see how they'll fit in the scheme and other guys, you know, we try to fit the scheme too. So I guess that's something that you could talk about, right? Like it's, it's nice to hear a head coach say, you know, sometimes you have to adapt to the player because that's what the great coaches in the NFL do. And if Zach Taylor can do that, great. But like, he's not being specific about it. I don't really know what that means. It's just something that I guess is nice to hear. I just, I miss Zach Taylor's early press conferences when it seemed like he actually told us stuff, you know? Well, he's got something on the line now, Jake. That seat is hot. And when, and when you, your butt's on fire, then you, you gotta, you, you know, it might be a little chapped. You might be a little, uh, a little worried about spilling beans or anything. I Yeah, I, I asked about that because, and I don't know, I know I've talked to you about this off air, but I don't know if I have here on the podcast. Like to me, I have this theory and it's just me speculating, but I do wonder, look, this front office drafted Carl Lawson. They drafted William Jackson III. Two years ago, you would have said, oh, well, Jackson's probably going to get re-signed. I mean, this is the same Bengals team that re-signed Drake Kirkpatrick, or you know, re-signed you know Dark West and Once upon a time, I mean, we could go on and on. They like to keep their own, even if you deal with some injuries, even if you're inconsistent at times. They like draft, develop, and keep their own guys. Same goes for Carl Lawson, right? And by all accounts, these guys are good dudes in the locker room, so it's not that. So I wonder, fit-wise, like what went wrong? Because now we have. Carlos Dunlap, obviously out. Okay, well, he was a child. Like, let's just roll with how it was kind of portrayed, right? Even though I'm not calling Carlos a child. Well, well now what about Lawson? Well, why doesn't he fit? Well, why doesn't William Jackson III fit? And you, so you see my point. So that's what I was thinking is maybe that's why they don't bring either of these guys back. That's why they didn't tag them. Because uh, another 24 hours removed from the franchise tag deadline, I think they're both gone, like all the way. I don't really give it any hope. The, the more and more I look at it, I think the Bengals are trying to get value here and and maybe fit. And I wonder if the, the front office just said, all right, coaches, what do you want? Because this is the year where you either got to prove it or you're out. And maybe Zach and Lou, they're like, all right, well, these aren't our guys. Let, let us go get our guys. And I, I do wonder if, if that's it. Is Because it, it's talked a lot about in college, right? Year three, college coaches get their guys, their recruiting classes, all that stuff. I do wonder if Zach and, and I couldn't come out and say it like that because he's never going to be like, oh, yeah, I want my guys in here. Screw Marvin's guys. But I do wonder if that's something that's talked about behind closed doors. It was a common theme in pretty much all those guys you talked about. I guess you could throw John Ross onto the list, too. But John Ross had issues with Marvin's regime as well, is that they're all on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, they, they kept some of those guys around on offense, maybe longer than we would have liked to in the trenches. And. On the defensive side of the ball, when we talked to Doug Farrar and Doug's like, I don't know what they're trying to do on offense. Doug did a piece. Doug really doesn't like Lou Anarimo. I think he may be a little bit too harsh on Anarimo, but you know, he, he did this 
piece on what are the scheme fits for all of the corners, all the top corners in this draft. You can go open that piece up and do control F on your keyboard and type Bengals and you'll get zero results. Now, how could it be that no cornerbacks in this draft are a scheme fit for Lou Anarumo? He has to have a scheme. <laughs> there has to be a scheme. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's not very clear what that is. So to me, what I think the scheme is, at least in the secondary, is I think I think Lou prefers to, to get those zone-heavy corners. I think that's what it is with Jackson. Jackson, much better fit for a man-heavy team. And the Bengals simply could not run man last year, even when they tried. Uh, and, and maybe that's a result. I don't think that's on Jackson. Um, but but he specifically, as Doug pointed out, really get impressed, man. And even when they did play man, a lot of the times when he gets beat on a double move, you know, he, he's off. And so I think that, you know, you look at guys like Trey Waynes that he likes. You look at, you know, what the strength they have in Jesse Bates is. And I think... You know, there, there's a pretty good chance that Lou wants to to go zone heavy in the secondary. I don't know what he's doing in the in the trenches though. That's the real, that's a real question. Like Carlos Dunlap was a good player last year. He didn't just suddenly become an unusable edge player. Carl Lawson is arguably the best edge player available right now, depending on who you ask. If you ask several people, he's either the best or most underrated edge player available in this free agent class. So what are you doing, Lou? When you talk about scheme fit, I, I don't get that one. That one is, is really tough for me to wrap my head around. It seems like you're just alienating your good players in the trenches. So we'll see what the plan is, right? Because if, if Lawson is gone and Dunlap is gone and all you've got at edge is Khaled Kareem and Sam Hubbard, we said it yesterday, they're going to need to invest in the defensive line. Even if they put most of their resources toward the offense, they need somebody to play those positions. So we'll see what those players are and who they like sooner than later. Tampering opening in just a few days, just a couple of episodes away. We'll see where the Bengals strike because that cap number is set, James, and guys keep getting released. We'll talk about those two items of news in conjunction coming up next. There's nothing worse than having unreliable transportation, and that's why we talk about rockauto.com all the time here on Locked on Bengals, because Rock Auto is going to keep you on the road for less. Look, the weather's getting better here in the Midwest. Hopefully, you're busting out the shorts this week and the spring clothes. I get it. It's an exciting time, but there's nothing worse than getting stranded on the side of the road. So check out rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck because they have whatever you're looking for. It doesn't matter if you drive a Toyota, a Honda, a Kia, they have it, a Benz, a Bentley. The best part about it, you're going to save money doing it. They have the same price for the do-it-yourselfers as they do for mechanics. So check them out, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I've been enjoying Built Bars since we started telling you about Built Bars on the Lockdown Podcast Network. My personal favorite, the coconut brownie chunk. I have one today, James. I've had one pretty much every day for the last two weeks since I ordered my new supply. The best tasting protein bar on the market. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, real chocolate, real taste. 
And now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best Built Bar. It's Built Bar Madness. We've got a couple matchups coming your way on Thursday. Caramel Brownie against Cherry Barcia and Lemon Almond Cheesecake against Carrot Cake with Walnuts. And you're thinking Carrot Cake with Walnuts in a protein bar? I'll tell you what, carrot cake covered in chocolate with some walnuts in there is actually a really, really nice protein bar. That one's got my vote. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. You still get 20% off any order you make when you use promo code LOCKEDON20. You can also check in on who's winning the Built Bar Madness Contest. So go check it out, BuiltBar.com. Don't forget promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off. Well, Jake, we know the 2021 salary cap. It was announced on Wednesday that it's 182 and a half million bucks, which is right in the middle of where we thought it might be, right? The the floor was 180 million. A lot of people were throwing out 185. So it's right smack dab in the middle, which leaves the Bengals in a pretty damn good spot. They're going to have over $42 million in cap space as we record this. And that doesn't include Brandon Allen's one-year contract. He signed that. It was officially announced on Wednesday morning, reported Tuesday night. So the Bengals' backup quarterback situation solved. But even so, I don't expect that to really significantly impact the number. And we still have the the Geno Atkins decision looming, potentially Bobby Hart. So we're talking about a team that could realistically have 50-plus million dollars in cap space going into free agency. And uh, obviously plenty of holes. But one of the the few teams really across the league that has a lot of money to play with in free agency. Yeah. I expect after they figure out what's going on with Gino and what's going on with Bobby Hart, they should have top four space in the league. I think they get under the Colts potentially in terms of realistic spending money against the cap. They're currently sitting just South of 43 million. As you point out, definitely more than 42, 42.98 million dollars of adjusted cap space. When you include their dead cap hit, which comes from Carlos Dunlap's deal, just $2.3 million right now, and their rollover money. So good news for the Bengals. A lot of money to spend. And you look at some of the contracts that have been given out. And this is why that cap number is so significant this year. Some of the contracts that have been given out, Levante David just signed a two-year, you know, 24-ish million dollar deal. You know what his year one cap hit is, James? Isn't that like three or four million bucks? Three and a half million dollars. Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who never do this, and we talked about this a little bit with Butch yesterday, and I said that I actually don't think the Bengals will go down the void cap, the, the void year alternative to spread out the cap hit. But the Bucks, who never do it, are trying to run it back. And they use void years and prorated signing bonus money for Levante David. You look at their roster right now, they have two veterans besides Levante David that have signing bonus on their contract. Two. That is unheard of in the NFL, and that's because they offer guaranteed salary. But what does that tell you? It tells you that teams across the league, you look at J.J. Watt's deal, you look at Levante David's deal, you look at Ben Roethlisberger's deal, they're using void years, they're pushing cap hits into the future. And the Bengals have $40-plus million to play with. They can do the same thing, and they can stretch that even farther. Kevin Zeitler released today. You can do a three-year, $30 million deal with Kevin Zeitler that has a year one cap hit of like $5.5 million, and you still give Kevin Zeitler, you know, $18 million or $20 million in the first two years of that deal. So he's still getting his, but your year one cap hit is $5.5 million. Three years, $30 million, huh? 
Kevin Zeitler getting paid again. Whew. That that's the money they offered him in 2016, bro. You think they're offering it to him? <laughs> I, I'm just saying that, like, even if they have yeah. to go three years, 30 million, right? Like, sure. S- say it's three years, you know, 25 million. Then mm-hmm. then those numbers even come down a little bit. I'm just saying it's affordable. And and Andre Perota has a really good thread on this. There's <clears throat> there's a gap in uh, guard pay where a lot of these guys that got released are going to probably fit in. And that's in the seven to 9 million APY range average per year. And so there are going to be an influx of guards in this guard market that really, I think if you're one of those toonie or bust people should have you reconsidering whether it's better to spend, you know, $8 million on a Kevin Zeitler or $14 million on a Joe Tooney. Well, Jeff Hobson said it on yesterday's show and he's right. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I wouldn't spend $15 million on Joe Tooney in this market. I just wouldn't. Go ahead. Like, I, I love the storyline. It sounds great. But to me, Kevin Zeitler can probably give you, what, 80% of Joe Tooney, 75% of Joe Tooney. And I get it. it you know, you want to get the the younger guy. Like, I'm not saying that Tooney isn't a better player at this stage. But that could be the difference between getting Darrell Williams and not getting Darrell Williams. That could be the difference between signing Hassan Reddick and what other free agent edge they're looking at, because they got to be looking at a bunch of these edges and not signing that free agent edge. So that part of it, the Bengals have told us they're looking at value this off season. That's why they didn't use the franchise tag. And to me, one, get it in your mind that it can't be too near bust because you're going to probably be disappointed anyways. But to me, I look at all the holes they have. Edge usually costs more than guard, right? Uh, tackle costs more than guard. So those are two needs that that you hope they address in free agency. They need a three tech. Like they just, they have a lot of needs. And so if you get a Zeitler type for the money that you just said, maybe it's, maybe it's one year. Maybe Zeitler says, hey, I just turned 31. Give me a one-year deal. I'm going to show it, and then I'm going to cash in on a two- to three-year deal next offseason. Give me one year, $6 million bucks or something. Okay, well, then it's still a $6 million cap hit, but th- that that fits that need, and that helps you kind of plug a hole a- as you try to develop the, the younger guys on your offensive line. So I, um, I'm not against the, the, the Joe Tooney signing, but it's not the best value. And I think there's a, a way to upgrade the, the guard play on the Bengals and make everything else better, a, a more efficient way to maximize the assets, I guess, that the Bengals have. I guess that's the best way to put it. There's a reason all these teams are letting these high-priced veteran guards go. And and that's to Butch's point yesterday. Not that I agree with a lot. You know, I'm not ready to run Mike Jordan out there. Don't get it twisted. I'm not ready to run Hakeem Adeniji and Fred Johnson out there. I, I, I'm not with him there. I, I don't think he was right about those suggestions, even if they weren't necessarily his first choices. But I, I do think that th- there's something with Joe Tooney where it, it's such a big, you know, you're putting all your be- eggs into a basket to some degree. And we've talked about the ways that you can sign Joe Tooney and do all these other things. And that's true. But at some point, that money is real, right? And that money begins to impinge on your ability to be flexible. So there's a reason that NFL teams don't pay guards a ton of money. There's some guys out there you can get that are going to be marginally worse than Joe Tooney for significantly less money. And you'll be able to spend that money elsewhere. It's just worth thinking about. 
It's just worth thinking about, guys. If they sign Joe Tooney, I'm not going to necessarily be mad, right? Just as I'm not going to be mad if Joe Tooney goes somewhere else. That's the thing. You, you can't get attached to one player unless that one player is Daryl Williams because I think he's just a great fit. <laughs> hey, I still want Trent Williams, even though he's flirting with San Francisco. So I get it. It's all about the Williamses. If your last name is, isn't Williams, we don't want you on the offensive line in Cincinnati, damn it. Up next, Kevin Zeitler wasn't the only cap casualty. And yes, 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 the Bengals should be interested. We'll get into that next. But bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness is here. Conference tournaments have started. Why not cash in and make money while you watch your favorite teams at betonline.ag? You get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. They even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag on your mobile device, on your laptop or computer, and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on. You're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You're going to be watching the games anyway. You might as well make some money doing it. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We've talked about Kevin Zeitler. I've tweeted about Kevin Zeitler. But there are a number of cap cuts that are coming. And what Kevin Zeitler's release actually tells me, James, is that these, these other guards on the trade market, Andrew Norwell, Gabe Jackson... There's no market for those guys. Mm-hmm. They're going to hit the market too. And if that happens and these guys all become free agents, suddenly there are a whole lot of veteran guards available and you don't have to spend that $14 million like we were just talking about with Joe Tooney. But it's not just the guards. There were some wide receivers released today, both of whom add some depth to the wide receiver free agent class and both of whom are not ideal long-term fixes. But both of them have been very productive and are still very good. Emmanuel Sanders, New Orleans released him today. And in Buffalo, John Brown, one of the two guys released. They also released Quentin Jefferson, interior defensive lineman, who ESPN actually ranks really highly as a pass rush win rate guy. But John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, let's start with those wide receivers. They're both over 30. They have very different skill sets at this point in their career. Are you interested? Yes, 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 100% yes. Let's start with the speed here. This this is a guy in John Brown that, you know, played with Carson Palmer and the Cardinals, was kind of underwhelming at times there. And then he gets basically a new lease on life after one year in Baltimore, goes to Buffalo, puts up 1,000 yards, and then gets dinged up last year. That's all this is. This is a cap casualty. It's like Kevin Zeitler. The Giants would have loved to keep Kevin Zeitler, just not at his number. The Bills save $8 million against the cap. Brown only played in nine games last year. He got dinged up. So 
maybe you can he can be had on a one year deal where he tries to prove it. And here's the thing: you have Joe Burrow, you have a need for speed. That might be an ideal fit. He might look at that and say, "Man, I can play there. Even if they draft a Jamar Chase, I can still show I can still play." One year deal makes sense. As far as Emmanuel Sanders. I assume he's going to try to latch onto a contender. Just knowing him, he feels like he's just so much older than John Brown. And he is older. He's, he's 33, uh, set to turn 34 in a week. So so he's getting up there. But man, I, I love Emmanuel Sanders in his prime. I probably wrote from 2014 to 2017, two to three pieces on how the Bengals should try to make a run at Emmanuel Sanders when he was reportedly on the trade block. So I wouldn't knock the Bengals at all if they could sign him. He's a guy you can move around a bit, certainly playing at a really high level. And you want to talk about a a guy who's been around and will help these young guys even more. Like even a guy like Tyler Boyd could learn something from Emmanuel Sanders. Just just I I, I believe that. So I'm down for for either one. I think John Brown, because of his downfield speed, might be a better fit because of his age. Because I think he, if he has a good season, uh, you know, has something to prove. If he has a good season, he could get one more two to three year deal uh, in 2022. So so he has a lot to prove there. And I think Sanders probably more so looking to latch onto a contender. But he has a Super Bowl already, so maybe not. But I'd be semi interested in both and probably lean towards Brown. Which really pains me to say, and I know this is really long-winded, but I love Emmanuel Sanders, man. He's been one of my favorite wide receivers in, in a long time, and it would uh, it would be cool to see him in stripes. He's still productive. I think Emmanuel Sanders is probably the better scheme fit in terms of the, the Bengals do a lot of the things that the Saints do. Joe Burrow's done a lot of things that the Saints do. Emmanuel Sanders was a great fit with New Orleans. And before that in San Francisco, a lot of influence from the, the Kyle Shanahan offense on this team as well. So I could definitely see that being the better scheme fit, but the guy is 34 in, in a very short amount of time. He's, he's like 33.9 years old right now. He's still good, but what's the price tag? You know, like one year, 5 million. Okay. I'm in, you know, the, the thing about one year deals right now is there's no cap flexibility in one-year deals. So you've talked a lot about one-year deals, James, and I'm kind of like, I, I want the long-term deals right now. I want the, mm-hmm. at least at least two-year deals, if not three-year deals, so that I can kick the, the cap can down the road and really maximize, squeeze everything I can into this, into this cap window here. But I think a lot of teams are going to do that, so it will be very competitive. And and the other thing is, is these veterans aren't going to want to do that, <laughs> right? Like John, like for for example, John Brown, if he goes somewhere on a one year deal and has 800 yards this year, he's going to get more in free agency next year, right? If he just shows he could stay healthy and catch the deep ball, which when he was out there, I, I feel like he was still productive for Buffalo. It's not like the yards per catch dropped much. It went from 14.7 to 13.9, and, and it's just the the games played. So. Uh, and obviously they got Stefan Dix too, which, you know, is going to eat into your, your, uh, usage a little bit, but I, I like either of these guys. And, and that's the thing here is we've talked a lot about wide receivers in the draft, but it's a need like Auden Tate. He's coming off of surgery and I, 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 it's just reality. He's overrated amongst a lot of Bengals fans. You can't bank on him to be the third wide receiver or really even the fourth wide receiver. I just don't want to do that. 
And so let's just do the math here. Maybe they keep an Alex Erickson or maybe they keep a Mike Thomas. But even with that said, you're probably drafting at least one wide receiver. And that still allows you to sign one and and go from there. So I could see them being interested in either of these guys. I, I, I agree with you on scheme fit, but man, the Bengals need to find speed somewhere. And I, I know they can find it in the draft, but I wouldn't be mad at all if they, they just brought Brown in and said, hey man, go deep and just told him to go deep every other play. He, he did have some diminished efficiency in the deep ball in Buffalo this year. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, he, he's still, that, that's his bread and butter, right? I don't particularly love either player, but one thing Zach Taylor said, going back to that press conference we started the show with, is that he, he seemed to be somewhat content with their wide receivers. And obviously I think everybody thinks T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd are really good. And yeah, Auden Tate is not a number three, but he's fine if he's your fifth guy. And that's what he should be in Cincinnati. So for the Bengals, mm-hmm. I'm looking for a number one because I don't think there's one on the roster or the very least a two C to go with the other twos that they have right now. And I want a real three. And so you talk about Mike Thomas and Alex Erickson, and I'm not interested. I want, I want to blow that room up and at least turn over those two positions. Just knowing the Bengals though, I just assume that one will be back. Am I crazy? Like, like, come on, man. It's not crazy, but I mean, they're looking at speed guys. You know, they, they talked to Amir Smith-Marset. We talked about it with Jeff Hobson yesterday, sixth round, seventh round, fifth round kind of target who can return kicks, who can be a deep threat. And so if they do kind of what we've talked about and they double dip at receiver in the draft, or, you know, they, they maybe get a guy in free agency like a John Brown. And then, you know, maybe they still draft Jamar Chase. And then now you've blown up the receiver room and you've turned over those two positions. No. And that's obviously the better scenario when you're talking about surrounding Burrow with weapons. Let me ask you this. John Brown's available right now. Emmanuel Sanders available right now. Josh Reynolds younger than both of these guys. If you could only do a one year deal with them, who are you giving it to and why? I like Josh Reynolds a lot. I liked him a lot out of college. Um, I think he can be a downfield weapon. He's not as fast as John Brown, but he's a guy that I thought could be a vertical weapon in the NFL coming out in the draft. I thought he could be the Marvin Jones of that class. He hasn't really been used that way. He's in an offense. that doesn't really ask a whole lot from receivers vertically. A, a lot of, a lot of horizontal challenging in that offense. So I, I don't know that Josh Reynolds is, is the wrong answer here. But on a one-year deal, it, it does complicate things a little bit. I can see why you would throw that caveat in there to trip me up. Sure. Yeah, because long-term, you'd be like, if it's two to three years, it's easily Reynolds, right? Yeah. But if it's one, it's like, ah, eh, I can see the path where Brown is better. But look, this is just the start, the tip of the iceberg of what's about to happen. How about Riley Reif? Speaking of what's about to happen, another guy that it's a cap cut that we're not even going to have time to talk about today. Vikings, how about, how about him sliding in at tackle for you? Yeah, I, I'm interested. You know, he joins that that group of uh, of guys, you know, Wagner from the Packers. You know, they release him, Rick Wagner. I think Wagner's better than Rife at this stage, but is Rife better than what you had in Bobby Hart? I think so. But th- that's the thing is like, the, and that's why you cut Bobby Hart and you don't think about it. Because you might be able to get a Riley Rife at, again, Whatever the deal is, it's a a really team-friendly type deal. Maybe it is a two-year deal because no other team is willing to give him two years 
even you know he's 32 years old declining it's pretty obvious right well well you give him a two year deal separates him uh, or separates you from the rest of the teams that are interested in him but it's not a big number it's sort of like a where you could put him on the bench if you end up getting a, a tackle early that ends up being better maybe you draft Sewell right uh, or you don't and you end up taking a tackle in rounds two or three and now you have a stopgap solution so yeah I'm in. I'm just saying there's a lot of guys coming to the market. That's good news for the Bengals. That's good news if they take that Bills approach to the offensive line. And they try to find this year's Daryl Williams for like $4 million. And they try to find that guy to, to step up at right tackle. Because maybe they don't you know, necessarily go for all the big guys. Jeff said it, and, and we've talked about it a lot. I think they should go and play in the deep end of the pool for at least a couple guys because they can do it. But I'm also very open to a hybrid shotgun approach to take the Bills approach of, of getting a bunch of guys and a couple of high-end guys, and then you, you take what works and you put it together. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're back tomorrow for the weekend mailbag. Get those questions ready. If you have specific players you're curious about, get those ready as well. The, the mailbag question will go up early, so get them in, and we'll take them tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.